Hello, this is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. And welcome to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. Well, Andy, Michigan squeaked out a uh, interesting win versus Indiana by a score of 20 to 10. What did you think about that one? Well, I didn't think they could do it if they couldn't throw the ball at all. And because of the wind, you can't tell whether it was the wind that uh, caused the lack of passing or whether it was the new quarterback, O'Corn, uh, on the spot there or whatever. But for, and uh, the vanilla play calling of uh, Harbaugh's coaches, all of that served to have no passing game. I can't remember exactly how many yards they got passing, but it wasn't sniffed in the mouth. And Indiana put everybody in the box, had everybody up, and sometimes the uh, back end didn't even move back away from the line. They just weren't afraid of the pass at all. And it took Michigan a half to adjust, but adjust they did, and they ran the ball well in enough of the third quarter to produce a win. It was just a miserable, rotten weather day, but it had its fascination too because after the game, the players were out here playing in the snow, throwing snowballs, making snow angels and all that, so they apparently had a pretty good time in it, and it was sure nice to beat Indiana. It was necessary. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting because when you look back at that game, what I remember is the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter with Michigan comfortably ahead. I mean, if not dominate, if not dominating, but ahead, you know, 20 to 10. And sure. that, that freak snowstorm that, that flew in and, and made it a winter wonderland down on the carpet at, uh, at Michigan Stadium. But, you know, if you take away the fourth quarter... It really was a pretty underwhelming performance, and and as you said, you know, even before the snow, you know, it was flurries at the beginning and and um, high wind and nasty cold and and really bizarre because the previous day in Ann Arbor it was over seventy degrees. So beautiful day. I think as much as people, you know, you could look at the forecast and see that it was supposed to be vastly different. It's it's another thing. When you go from 70 to a wind chill of 20 in, in one day, and you know, that is pure Michigan. That's how we do it here. But um, again, uh, weird watching O'Corn. Um, I think that anybody um, being forced, to, forced into service the way he was, um, especially with the intrigue swirling around Wilton Spate, you know, is he hurt? Isn't he hurt? I think it's definitely. I think you definitely say he's hurt. The question is if he's injured. And, you know, we talk about that difference. <coughs> um, he's definitely hurt. And I don't know if, uh, if you know, Harbaugh is just, you know, playing a, a deception game, trying to keep people guessing, or if basically, um, you know, maybe Spate could have gone and, and they just decided that to let him rest up for Ohio State. Um, the thing that we do know is that Michigan has had two underwhelming performances in a row. The first was on the road versus Iowa, where where they, they where they failed. Um, yesterday, again, both teams play in the same elements, so it's hard to 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 chalk up Michigan's problem performing just to the weather. I mean, Indiana was was in the same thing. 
You know, Andy, I, I still have no idea. I, I cannot make hide nor tail over um, how Harbaugh decides which running backs get carries and when. Um, you know, the previous week in Iowa, he kept going to Devion Smith, even though Devion did not have a great game. Yesterday, Devion was a hammer. I mean, Devion was classic Devion with, um, you know, yards after contact, just bowling through people. And, you know, he, he ended up with some, you know, some really nice statistics. You ended up with, you know, 164 yards on the ground, you know, for a net of 158, um, average 6.9, you know, yards a carry. And you still had, you know, uh, uh, you had Evans with nine carries who just really couldn't get anything. You had Ty Isaac with five carries who really couldn't get anything. Um, you know, Karen Higdon, who, who seems to be hit or miss. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing that, that, I worry about Michigan's running game is that it always seems to be somebody hot, but you don't know, you really don't know who it is. And then Harbaugh keeps going to other people, even if somebody emerges. I mean, there are games where Chris Evans looks like he's going to be, you know, like he's the one who's who's in the running for a Heisman and not Jabril Peppers. And then there are games where he's just can't get anything going. And it almost. It, it almost seems like Harbaugh telegraphs his plays. For instance, Duran has not, Higdon has not done quite as well over the last couple of weeks, but they put him in for a play, and you know the ball is going to go to him if he's in there. He runs his play and gets stuffed and comes out. And that's totally different than what he was doing before. He was really conservative in his calls on offense on that day. They didn't show anything. Peppers uh, didn't get a chance to perform much. Uh, they, it's, he's become a one-play Peppers uh, now. So they're going to have to use, if they got other tools in their arsenal, they got to pull them out for next Saturday. But I have to say this about uh, O'Corn. O'Corn never gave up, and he's the one that turned that game around, that 30-yard run that he had, that got it started, seemed to break Michigan's offense open. And he was highly enthused when he finished that. And you got to give him credit for that. He didn't give up. He kept trying. And finally, he broke through, which is, which is a good thing about your quarterback. Whether or not he can pass the ball accurately against pressure, and he's going to get a lot of it from Ohio State pressure all the time whether that that offensive line was not superb at protecting the quarterback and uh, doing the things that they should have done they uh, it's hard to judge them sometimes they can look magnificent other times it just seems like they're along for the ride so they're going to have to be on top of their game and at the top of their fervor if they're going to beat OSU OSU does have one of the better coaches in the country. Michigan doesn't have, a, uh, you know, hasn't got all the good coaches in the country. This guy is good. Myers knows what he's doing. And uh, it's going to be a challenge for him. And it's a kind of a worrisome challenge because it's there and because, as luck would have it, 
we don't have our first string and maturing and uh, quarterback at this time. So we're a seven and a half point underdog, and that doesn't mean anything. And that's probably on the basis of of uh, uh, state not being in there. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because I think it's safe to say I think we both agree that Michigan struggled up in East Lansing, and you, you know, kind of kind of stalled in the second half, and and the game ended up being you know closer than we would have liked, and I think uh, definitely glad there wasn't another minute or two there for Michigan State to pull some of their their black magic out, um, but we saw Ohio State go up there. And struggle. So it's weird because on one hand, I would say that we're limping to the finish line here. And, you know, again, uh, the last two games are not uh, highlight reel, how you want to do it, how we like to do it, you know, featured featured on offense and defense. It's just, it's just not good. Um, but I look, and Ohio State struggled against Michigan State. So, you know, I, I think, I think, with the exception of Alabama, okay, which which we just need to throw out. You know, I, we've seen this before in the Big Ten that teams, as much as their coaches tell them not to look past people, I think that they start looking past people. Um, How can they help it? And I think that both Michigan and Ohio State had an eye on, um, you know, next week. Um, Of course, Ohio State's keeping an eye on, you know, what Penn State was doing and what Michigan was doing because they needed some help to still have a chance to go to the Big Ten Championship. Um, And and whether whether Ohio State is going to go to the championship or not, it's still the game. It's still the game. And I think that... um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I, I think you hit on a great point. I think that Peppers on offense as a gimmick is, is pretty much over. Um, you know, in, unless, unless they're holding something back, it, it's, it's not the, uh, you know, they're doing it so often, um, I think it's losing its surprise. And right, and he, he never exercises his option throw. He hasn't thrown it yet this year, uh, and very seldom does he even hand off to the other back, you know, on the option. So it's it's, it's become a one-trick pony in that in that he needs a new play. <laughs> they they need to do something else because this last one has been um, they've conned it out and it's not working anymore. Well, and to your point, hopefully we're going to see some different options. Um, you know, I think back to, you know, in the Lloyd Carr era, Michigan used to run that um, three quarter, three wide receiver stack out on, on the ends, you know, in the wideouts. And, yeah. and they would run, like, the same little uh, screen out of it all over and over. And I remember... Yeah, I remember being excited about all the things they could do, and yet they always did the same thing. And, yeah. And, and it be kind of became kind of a joke. It was like, oh, here comes the bubble screen. I mean, as soon as... And you kept waiting for a different look out of it, and, and you just got the bubble screen. And sometimes it worked, but, you know, I, I wonder... You know, I wonder what we're going to see heading into this game against Ohio State. Um, you know, Harbaugh has said that every game is a championship game, but... 
Next Saturday really is. I mean, for Michigan. Ohio State can trip them up. If Michigan wins, they go to the Big Ten Championship. And, you know, I think it's safe to say as observers that Michigan is not playing its best football. And, you know, I think back to last year where we all had high hopes of Michigan, you know, perhaps beating Ohio State heading into the, the final you know, game of the regular season and them just getting pasted. So, if, I, you, if, you're not, if you're not mad about last year and the fact that uh, the Urban call uh, destroyed that last touchdown, if that didn't make you mad, they ought to be, Michigan ought to be going in there uh, at, with full steam ahead. They ought to be mad. They got to play mad. They got to play rough. Uh, they can't go in there and lollygag, and I don't think they will. They'll be up for it and everything. But if you remember that last touchdown last year, that irritates people on our side of the ball. Well, I got to tell you, the whole thing irritates me. So, um, you know, and Harbaugh has shown that he'll that he'll run up the score if given the option. Um, you know, back to the to the Michigan State Ohio State game. Gosh, what was D'Antonio? You know, we don't normally talk about other teams like this, but gosh, what was D'Antonio thinking, going for two late uh, instead well, of just? That's, 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 that's part of the lexicon. He's done that before, and it's cost him before. This is not the first time. He just wanted to. He didn't want to expose his people, obviously, to the overtime because he thought if it's overtime, maybe the best defensive team is going is going to press or it's going to win. So to me, that is an act of desperation. But he has done that before. It's not his first offense. I think it was some of him. And I think if he did lose, it's, it's a better moral victory for Michigan State to lose in overtime than it is to give it away at the end of the regulation. But that's up to him. They played a lot of freshmen and a lot of redshirt freshmen on defense. They started a bunch of them, and they played very well defensively. So the future isn't all uh, obscure for them. They're going to have a good defense again next year. They're going to be back. Now, if they could only get Narducci to come back, we could count on them being real good. Well, I think the thing that... Um my question is, you know, you beat Ohio State, and again, you've you've kind of uh, ended the season on a high note. Um, you you did have a moral victory against Michigan, okay? And and, yep. and I'll tell you, I'm not a big fan of moral victories, but that was a moral victory. That is not yeah, what that's not what Michigan expected. It's not what Michigan State fans expected, okay? I mean, there were a lot of people who didn't show up for that game on the Michigan State side. And, you know, because they, they didn't want to see a shellacking. And actually, um, you know, they dictated uh, the pace of that game in the second half. And, you know, the reason I mention that is that's exactly, I guess, my issue with, with what we're seeing from Michigan right now. Is that Michigan State dictated the second half. Iowa dictated, I mean, the second half. That is exactly the game that Iowa wanted to be in it at the end. Um, 
And, and, and same thing with Indiana. Now, you know, again, wins are wins, and we like them. But this definitely is not, um, you know, I, I would not say we're a smooth, we're a, uh, a highly tuned machine running at peak efficiency right now. I think we got guys dinged up. I think that, um, you know, the quarterback situation is very much in flux. Um, you know, is O'Corn going to be the guy from here out? You know, I actually wondered, I mean, you know, I almost was, was waiting to see if we were going to get to sh see Shane Morris yesterday a little bit. I mean, it, it's just, it just had a really clunky feel to the game. The, you know, again, I, I don't understand the, the quarter, the running back roulette. Um, you know, when, when, when a guy's hot, you know, let's keep him hot. And, and like you said, you made a great point about Ty Isaac. I mean, when he's in there, you, you pretty much know he's going to get the ball. And sometimes he'll put together a nice run. But they talk about quarter uh, running backs uh, getting a, a feel, right? Getting a, a rhythm. And and you're, yep. I don't know how they do that with the way you know the way things are going. Well, Wheatley has said he doesn't believe in that. Yeah, Tyrone Wheatley, I heard him speak on that subject, and he said he doesn't believe that there's such a thing as a uh, for a running back. Well, not on this team. <laughs> well, part of it's the way they call plays. If they pigged him in there, you know that he's going to get the ball. Soon he might be in there a play and not get it, but the next play he's going to get it. When they substitute like they do, you know when these people come in that they're going to receive the ball. That's when they're going to carry. And Higdon, for example, has been stuffed a lot on the same kind of play to the outside that they've been trying to get him to have. But we don't want to get too down on him because the defense turned in a very, very nice job overall for that game because this is the second best defensive team in the Big Ten, Indiana. And they they held them to the lowest numbers that they had been held to this year. The other thing you can look at is positive out of that is special teams look good. You block two punts. That's extraordinary. They had good field position. Allen was dropping it inside the 20, I think, four times. Uh, uh, Peppers ran one back I, I think it was for 30 yards or something like that but it was significant and Allen hit a couple of field goals so it's all that gloom and doom but there are harbingers of problems moving out there especially with this injured uh, quarterback because of the two it appears just on this first glimpse at O'Corn that they made the right choice when they took state. Yeah, but it's hard though. It's hard to judge a guy, you know, coming in under those conditions. Um, yeah, and, and I'll give him credit. You know, he was definitely game. He was up for it. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I guess we're going to have to... Uh, you know, settle in and uh, get ready to uh, play the Buckeyes. Well, if the weather's decent, you'll have a different package. And, and uh, if he's got wheels, he might make them uh, might make them hurt a little bit. 
it doesn't seem that Ohio's defenses are the caliber that it has been the past few years. In state, you know, almost nailed them. And state is not a real good football team. So, any predictions for the game, Andy? Yeah, I think if the weather is decent, it's going to be a close game. You've got to give them one touchdown for the officiating down there. There will be some goofy call. In some way, somehow, that will hurt us, probably about seven points worth. But I think it will be a very close game. I think Michigan will be in it. I think it will be a dogfight. And, and who knows how it's going to come out. You just can't tell. But it's going to be close, in my opinion. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue.